Welcome to the Brilliantly Resilient Podcast. What's your train wreck? Everyone has one. The question is, are you going to live there or are you just visiting? Let's check in with Mary Fran and Kristen to learn how to come through not broken, but brilliant. Hey everyone, before we dive into this week's episode, we have a resource that we wanted to tell you about. Transform every week of yours with our brilliance bit that will deliver right to your email inbox. Sign up for it at brilliantlyresilient.net and keep living brilliantly resilient. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Brilliantly Resilient Live. We are here at the NIDA, which is, I always have to read this because it's such a long terminology here, the National Educational Telecommunications Association, (laughs) which works in conjunction with the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. And we are here live with one of their stars. So Whitney Reynolds from the Whitney Reynolds show. Whitney, um, I think you're kind of an every man who does all the cool stuff that you do to put your show together. Yeah, and I love it. It's very um, positively oriented, which very is much. all about us. So we resonated with Whitney. Welcome. And thanks so much for joining us. You know, when I heard about this podcast, I knew it was something we had to do. Very rarely do I get to be on the other side <laughs> over here. That was why so I wanted to talk is. to you. So I'm loving it. And I'm um, super grateful because I know your platform, everybody that's listening, that's tuning in, knows what they're going to get when they get this. And the, the resilient word to me, just um, it's one of my favorite words in the vocabulary. So being on here today is something really neat. So thanks for asking me. We're so excited to have you. And I think the idea of resilience, you know, it's kind of, I don't want to say it's been done to death, but it's one of those words that people have heard so often Mm -hmm. that they kind of almost get numb to it sometimes now. So how do you keep that fresh? And how do you talk about that in your show? Because you are all about resilience. Yeah, that's a great question. With our show, I tackle tough topics. Mm -hmm. So it's really important in my downtime to actually have downtime. And I, I take that very serious. I, for, I've been doing this over 10 years. So for the last decade, I've learned a lot. And one thing I've learned is when you're covering stories that do involve resilience and overcoming, it's so important to actually have that mental mind shut down and take each story for exactly what each story is. So you can actually honor that space for the person that's telling your story of resiliency and then have that aha moment of, wow, you overcame so much. Help our viewers get to your point. I think that's really so important because Every story is different and everybody brings a certain skill set to it. Absolutely. So, you know, something that one person might not have thought of, you hear it from someone else and and it comes out. And when you do that, when you, when you come down into the space and let that person just tell that story and rise, everyone can meet them where they're at and Mm -hmm. see themselves in that story. You know, so many times, I mean, raising blind kids, you know, people might think "I, I don't have anything that hard, but when you share it in a way that like as a mom and all the moms can say, oh my gosh, you know, when my child struggles with this, struggles with this, and they think about the steps that that I took Mm -hmm. to rise out of that, that's when, that's when the beauty happens. But okay. So let's get down into the show though. Let's do it, girl. (laughs) I want to know what, how, did you always think I gotta have a show? (laughs) Yes, I did. (laughs) I was one of those five-year-olds that would tape a tennis ball to the end of a paper towel. Oh yeah. 
And I have like footage of it, like Halloween <laughs> costumes. My neighbor wore them. I like interviewed all sorts of different characters. I made my friends do it. A lot of them are like, hey, will you not post that on your Instagram, please? Because I love to show how long I've had this dream. And what I think is really a beautiful thing is that my dream morphed into the mission that we have. Mm. So it was this like, okay, I want to be on TV. And then I connected some major dots in my own life that was like, not only do I want to be on TV, but I actually want to create tangible change through what I do. Mm -hmm. So how do we make this shift? And I had been on TV that was very commercialized, very around the town. And literally the, the public media space was like, okay, this is, this is where the Whitney Reynolds show fits. And I still do a lot of commercialized TV as well. I do radio that's commercialized, but my, the Whitney Reynolds show, which is my baby, which is mission centric belongs on this platform because it is something that people know when they're watching PBS stations, what they're getting is going to be very authentic mission driven content. I love how you talked about how it morphed into something, because one of the things that we talk about in being brilliantly resilient is not being married to an outcome. Right. So you can have a plan. And you, in fact, we had a plan that <laughs> we instituted on March 7th of 2020. So that went nowhere fast. And, you know, you have to be willing to adjust Absolutely. and evolve. And I think from what you're saying that the experience maybe that you had in that outside world, maybe you made you realize that being like more service oriented or pointing up these community oriented stories was something that really spoke to you somehow in that in that period where you were working in commercial TV more. Well, the dots were really being vulnerable in my own life. And that was something very hard to own. I had a very challenging childhood. And for years, I was told, Whitney, we don't talk about that. That is in a space that we don't want to go. You shouldn't go. When you go off to college, Whitney, no one knows anything about you. You do not have to live or be that. Mm -hmm. And that's what I believed for a long time. And it took me having very strong mentors in both the television field and personally, even spiritually, my pastor, a lot of people have sewed into my life and said, oh, no, no, honey. That is part of your story mm -hmm. and you need to create that safe space that you needed as a kid. And so that is exactly what morphed the Whitney Reynolds show. Now there's other things that go into my story that it's not just my story. So how do we protect other people's stories that actually impacted yours? Yeah. So that's why I'm not fully open with mine because a lot of people are living their life through the same thing we went through, but it did develop the footwork for the Whitney Reynolds show. Mm -hmm. And it was owning what I went through and creating change so that I can be that person that helps someone out in that similar position I was in. So let me ask you this, because now people are listening and watching, right? And we're sitting here in awe of you, that <laughs> like, you hey, have guys. such, you know, this success and, and the Whitney Reynolds show and, and, and beaming over the work that you get to do. Mm -hmm. Talk to us a little bit about, so was it like you made a plan for getting this show out there and everything worked and you started with your little tennis ball and, and everything lined up perfectly? Were there, were there massive sucker punches on your journey? Were there just little ones that drove you crazy? How did it look for you to get to where you are now with the show? Well, for anybody that's listening, that's ever been told, no, you are probably meeting someone who's been told no more than anybody. <laughs> I, um, I made a vow to myself that I was going to be my best. Yes. And oh, I, love I live by that. I am my best. Yes. I get told no all the time. In fact, I was told even by Nita, no, at one point I've been told no by programmers, like even to my face this week, it's okay. I've learned to accept the no or the not yet and say, well, I'm my best yet. 
yes, I know I'm getting stronger. I know I can do this. And I believe in myself fullheartedly. That's where it starts is knowing Mm. you have something that the world needs. Mm. You also need to know that when you own the show, you are the product, you own the show. People that work in positions could be gone next year. That's one thing the pandemic taught me. So when you're your best, yes, the person that might've said no, might not be there again. The person that might've said no, might've now gone through an experience that says, oh, actually they need this show. Or actually I relate to this show now. This world is ever changing. And that's one thing is like, what could be a no right now? might be a yes later. I'm also, I lead with kindness. Even when I get the no, I know how to stand up for myself. So it doesn't mean I'm like bulldozed over, but leading with kindness is something that you meet those people that say no, or that give you the hard direction. And you still, you, you know who you are, but you still listen to what they say. And you say, thanks for your feedback. And that's, that's what it is. You know, this is what I love about sharing stories because so many people are trying to make their mission successful right and then you get that no and then you start that you're like us you start the spiral of well this was a stupid idea (laughs) and that's everybody and that's everybody you start that but when you keep hearing like i heard years ago jack canfield chicken soup for the soul of one of my partners my nonprofit is is tight with him and i've always loved him because he tells the story of chicken soup for the soul is like the biggest thing in print he got like 212 no's from mm-hmm. publishers and what i love about his story is and this is what i think when we get a lot of no's i can't wait for the yes for all like all those publishers that didn't buy into that billion dollar empire like don't you just want to go <laughs> <laughs> i secretly do that sometimes i i got an email um when i got picked up so i with y'all when you launched your stuff during the pandemic that's when i got my call that we were ready to go national. And, you know, it was crazy getting that call because I had been wanting it for so long mm-hmm. and I got the call and I was actually voiceovering in my twins closet. Cause it was like the only thing that didn't have a crazy echo. Cause there were so <laughs> many clothes cause they shared a closet. And I thought I put the phone on mute and all of a sudden I'm like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There we go. There we go. I'm like, I told you so. I told you that. So. And they're like, Whitney, we can hear you. Um, Whitney, we can hear you. Whit, wit. We can hear everything you're saying. And I was like, Oh my goodness. But that moment was, okay, I'm going to celebrate. I've been told no for so long. And now here's my yes. And I ran with that. Yes. Now fast forward. I'm now a nationally syndicated show. And I had a programmer because I used to drive out to every market myself. So the six markets before I got picked up by Nita, I met and shook each director program manager's hand and they said, yes. And why they said yes is still like, I'm still so good to them (laughs) to this day. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for those six markets. They meant the world, but I had a lot of people when I would go out and meet the program directors that said no to my face, you know, gave me the list of why. And I said, thank you. Okay. I'll see you again soon. I ended up getting a call from one of them and an email. And they said, we now watch your show in our market. They're no longer in public television, which is ironic, but they are now watching my show in their market, which is really cool. Like that was, and it wasn't this, I told you so like, like I want to like rub it in your face. It was more so tell all your friends and neighbors, like watch, tune in. And that's what I always tell people too, is I know my life's calling. I know I've stepped into what I call my genius because I believe Mm -hmm. we all have that. And now it's just running with it. It's building that muscle. 
And I think it's it's so relative to say that it's a process that has to evolve because to your point that some of those people might not be there, they weren't. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, you, you always will have different opportunities, but you may have to be willing to put some things on the back burner, which doesn't mean you abandon them because, you know, how many times do we change our minds as, Mm -hmm. as individuals and mommies and women and everything else. And that's, a privilege that you have to recognize that everyone has access to. So you have to be willing to let these situations evolve, institute the process, work your plan, be your best. Yes. And that is hard sometimes. Well, I, one thing I do is I have to get my mind, right. Going back to my point of taking that time to shut down in between the stories I tell when you're telling delicate and difficult stories, I have to take that space for myself, Mm -hmm. but it's also getting myself in the right mindset before I do anything I do. So when I, I went to Colombia, the, the border of Venezuela and Colombia interviewed a former terrorist. That's my season opener. And when I was sitting across from the former terrorist, I had to literally take a moment and say, I got to go get my mind right. Cause stuff started going wrong with audio. When you own a show. Okay. All of a sudden I'm the host and like nervous about audio and interviewing a former terrorist. Like I had to go get my mind right and say, why are you here? What kind of change are you hoping to bring to the viewers through the show? I had to go get my mind right. And I do that all the time. Even when it comes to outside of the show, it's getting my mind right for mommy mode. Mm-hmm. When I go pick up my kids, I am ready to pick up my kids. I am not going to answer an email in the car. I am going to be their mother. And that is so important. It's getting my mind right. Yeah. That speaks to that whole idea that we talk about so much and that the general spoke about yesterday about character and values. Like when you get those things right and you're set and you're solid, that foundation makes it so much easier to be present in your situations because you know from which value you're acting from. Right. And when I do get off kilter, I literally have to go get right. And I and I have a little rocking chair, which is really funny. I've now been banned I from rock, wearing- I rock without the chair sometimes. <laughs> I've been banned. I've been, I didn't realize I'm from a small town in Oklahoma. So I would go out and do my Bible study in my, in my robe every morning. Well, my husband was like, Whitney, there is a line of dads walking their dogs. And I was like, oh my, I didn't even dawn on me. I was like, okay, so I'm banned from the robe. Okay. So now I'm like fully in yoga pants, sweatshirt, like turtleneck. Okay. So I've been- Banned from, but that's one of my things of getting my mind right in the morning, setting up my day to know that like whatever does come my way, I can handle. But it is taking that pause, and sometimes I have to do it midday. Even here this week when we were doing the awards, I knew there were so many people here that have never got had the chance to meet me face to face because of the pandemic. So I was actually pretty nervous doing the awards. So I'm like, this is the first impression people are getting of me. I had to take space right before the awards, go to the bathroom and give myself a little pep up talk. And that's what I did. I got my mind right. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you say that because today I'm thinking my, my mind is a little off and I do have a lot of plates spinning in the air. And I now do a, instead of spiraling into, you're not, you're not right. You're not like, and, and going more into the blame game mm-hmm. of get yourself together. I actually do. I back up and I'm like, why am I feeling like this? Let me back up. Did I do, yeah. I didn't do my morning routine. Amen. That's exactly I what's up. That and I mm-hmm. didn't do my workout. Like the things that I do to keep this brain from going into overdrive and getting into exhaustion mode, uh-huh. I didn't do it. And then I thought, okay, the old me would have said the non-brilliant, resilient person would have said, well, way to go. You just messed that up again. Now you got to like, try to trudge through the rest of the day. And instead I was like, okay, self, what can you do later today? And that's a big thing in the brilliant resilient process. And the first pillar about what can you control? Mm-hmm. 
And I'm like, all right, our afternoon is packed. This afternoon, once we're done, I need to get a walk outside because I'm mm-hmm. an outside person. Yes. You know, and then I got to find fruit. <laughs> they didn't have fruit either. Like those things. I say, I love here's it. Here's how you're going to be back in control. Absolutely. And then tomorrow you have time to not have to have a morning like you've had this morning. Well, and something I know whenever I'm really stressed out, like I know my go-to guide, I've developed a go-to guide. Like if, so not even what you're saying, I do all the time. I, if I'm off, I'm like, okay, let's go get right. But I have like, if I'm really not feeling myself, I organize my pantry. Mm-hmm. I text five people that have helped me along my journey and thank you and give them a compliment, uh, not a fake yeah. compliment, like a real, like, this is how you sewed into my life. This is how you made a difference. I'll tell you what, I always get random texts from different people, not the people I text back. When you put out the energy, yeah. get it back. And so there's like my go-to guide of like, and then I prayers of something very big. So, and then usually like, if I'm really off, I just got to get myself to church. So oh, gotcha. our, our church is a new age church. They don't prayers. do Wednesday. So yeah. I have to go find a random church on Wednesday. If I'm like <laughs> off midweek, it's like, okay. Yeah. We should prayers. totally hang out. Now my, my daughter's <laughs> not going to be happy about this because I know you're going to love this. When I'm really, when something is, I'm really struggling, I go out on my Jeep, right? I drive around town, mm-hmm. but the, I have the top clothes all the way back oh, and yes. I put on my Jesus jam. Oh, I love on. Jesus jam. So <laughs> I ran to Jesus jam this morning. I was like, I okay. Can't. I'm like, I put it on it and then my, and then I'm like, I'm back. <laughs> she's back. She's back. All right. I love that. You know, you do have to get out of your own head. There is yeah. really something to that, to like putting aside all of that stuff. And that whole idea about organizing the pantry, sometimes I I find because I do a lot of writing. Yes. So sometimes I find that I just go somewhere where I can see something visual. Yes. So that like making that mental switch and giving that part of your brain that is constantly active, that very necessary break so that you can then jump back in with a little bit of renewed energy. That's really important. Well, and it took me a long time to figure it out. And I'm also a big fan of therapy. Like I think I like Uh really endorse it Uh for, you know, that stigma of therapy is bad is out the window. That is very 1980s. And with that, like my therapist was the one that helped me develop, like Whitney, you love control. And when you can't control, what can you control? And that's when I realized, okay, I can control my pantry. I can control my kids closet yes. and go organize. And that's been something that, I mean, it's not like an everyday, it's not like an OCD in the morning I go do that. But like on the weeks that I'm feeling really like there are so many plates. And I love that you said the plate spinning when there's so many things spinning out of like that. I, I can't pull that one down right now, or I can't figure that out. I'll go organize. I think there's something to the fact that you don't even realize sometimes how many of those things are still sitting in the back of your oh, mind. Yeah. So even the, the 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 fact that they're not at the front of your consciousness, doing something like that that might not mm-hmm. seem to matter, it really does free up mind space. Absolutely. And and you have to make room for that. I, I cannot tell you how excited we were to have you come and <laughs> know, join right? us today. And we could probably talk to you for hours, but I know you have a plane to catch. I do. I know my babies need their mom. I Yeah, it's like, this was so much fun. And this was such a great week. And it was, it was honestly, just to look people in the eye. And I I keep saying now, you know, I'm a real person. (laughs) Like I'm like to chat with people that do determine so much of the different stuff that goes on with my show. It was really neat to actually have that connection one-on-one this week, but now I'm ready to get home and get to my kids. And then we start taping on Fridays. So it's going to be fun. Well, we are so excited to have you here and please tell everybody where they can find the Whitney Reynolds show because we all should be watching. It's funny because I've been telling people to Google 
just Whitney Reynolds because that's the easiest way. But it's hilarious because Wikipedia pops up. It tells you how old I am. Basically everything. I, Maybe I my that. weight. It, I was just saying, like, it's happy. good to have your weight, I don't think. Okay, but yeah. I did see I know, all that other stuff. Up. I'm like, ooh, I'm going to quit telling people that. So for everyone listening, okay, if you haven't already Googled, you can go, I'm a I love Instagram. If you want my reality show, go to Instagram. It literally tells you everything I'm doing. So Whitney underscore Reynolds, or you can go to WhitneyReynolds.com. We have our new season coming out October 17th. I'm really pumped about it. So excited. Yeah, it's going to be great. We have that season opener from Columbia that I mentioned. And it really wow. is one of those shows that when I boarded the plane back home, I thought, wow. <laughs> That is a wow moment. Even yeah. I can sense that. And, and I, had a, I had a translator and it's funny that we both said, wow, I had a translator translating for me so the interviews and literally during the interview, we all went, wow. <laughs> it was the universal. Like, what yeah, did we what? just yeah. do? Oh my so. gosh. That's so exciting. But thank you, ladies. And thanks for doing what you do. I think if we can all, or we can challenge the listeners to all find what your unique story is and how your dots connected. And sometimes that's a longer journey. This might not be the 30 minutes that we've been chatting that they can figure that out. Right. But over time, if you can start saying, okay, I have this dot, I have this dot. How do they lead to something bigger where I can create change? That's what you should do, guys. Exactly. <laughs> and we are going to leave you with that because you can't get more brilliant than that. Mm -hmm. So Whitney Reynolds, thank you so much for joining us today. We are here at the NIDA convention. I'm going to turn it over to my partner, Kristen. Oh, well, you're going to hear all kinds of fun interviews here from the NIDA convention and all of the love happening all around us. <laughs> everybody's getting back together out oh, yeah. in, in the real world. But uh, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And we'll see you next, see you next time. time. Thanks for tuning in to the Brilliantly Resilient Podcast. Join our Facebook group and follow us on YouTube to be inspired with tools to reset, rise, and reveal your brilliance.